Noon straight up. It is lunchtime for most, maybe not for the gentleman joining us on the Harbor One hotline, as today is the first day of mandatory Patriot OTAs. Our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston with us on the Harbor One hotline. He's brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tommy, is your hair blowing in the winds of Gillette Stadium, my friend? Today, no. I always wear the large sombrero, big golf hat with a uh, wide brim because we want to stay safe and out of the sun. Smart. So, no, no hair movement. But if it was, it would be blowing because it's a little windy out here and we're out of practice right now. Uh, takeaways from Bill Belichick addressing the media just a, a little bit ago. We tried to get uh, him pinned down on what Kendrick Bourne was referring to last week with some of the terminology changes. And really, it seems like it's just a streamlining. I don't think it's going to be very complex for a player like Mac Jones. It sounds as if with you know, Matt Patricia perhaps taking over as, as the overseer and with Joe Judge being the quarterback's coach, they just want to try and streamline the verbiage. So Belichick downplayed it as being anything of massive note. Um, we asked him, how would the offense change? He said, well, we're not going to start running the veer. So, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> That's a good line. So, speaking of the veer. But off of that, Tom, and I, and I know it's insanely early, but – how different do you think the offense will look just to the naked eye? Not that, again, that the play calling is uh, – the play caller we know is going to be very different. But for people that don't follow it as closely and they just pop in and watch a Patriots game this fall, do you think they're going to really notice a massive difference? I honestly can't really predict. I mean, if yeah. they want to feature Kendrick Bourne and Jonu Smith a little bit more and take advantage of what they have in terms of – the lateral speed of those players and use them more in the running game and you're going to see you know, a few different alignments, then I think that, that you might see you know, some more jet sweep. But it's hard to predict because with, with McDaniels, they could be such a game plan offense where you could run it 50 times in the wind at Buffalo or switch and go full fast break or run a 2018 end of the season offense with a fullback. But, you know, Jakob Johnson's out. So we understand the back component is, is shifting away. Johnny Smith, Robert Kraft himself said he's going to be more featured. So I think it's going to be an offense that is more, less morphing and more stable than it had been in the past. I just don't think you can be a morphing offense the way you were when it was Brady and McDaniels or even last year when it was Mac and McDaniels. They, so- they might be a little bit slowed down in being – uh, a team that can change as quickly as it did previously. And you mentioned Mac and McDaniels, Tom, and that's where I was going to kind of pivot to. Do you think this is really the year where we start to not only hear the voice of Mac Jones, but start to see the voice of Mac Jones in terms of some of what they do offensively and that the kid is actually going to have real input as to where they're going offensively? Yeah, I really, I really hope so because that is the greatest strength. That would be like – having Justin Fields or Trey Lance in your offense and, and not utilizing their ability to run the football and dig it on the edge. The greatest strength of Mac Jones is, in many ways, his mind, his accuracy, and his acumen. So play to his strength and give him a collaborative, collaborative role in the offense. And I asked Bill about that, and he said, yeah, we do that with all of them, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or Matt Castle, whoever. We're always going to go to the quarterback and ask what his input is. But – 
I think one interesting aspect of Mac Jones is this is year two. By year four, the Patriots are going to have to be looking at what they're going to do going forward with him as a quarterback. It's going to be a $40 million tag per season, whatever it is, most likely, if it continues on the arc that he's on. I think one way to convince him that they want him here long term, and it's early in this process, is to give him as much ownership as they can. I think that was one thing that really sold Brady, and Brady was a sixth-round pick and happy to be there in many ways. But to have ownership for Mac Jones as he proceeds to 2023 and 2024 and envisions himself as, I'm the Patriots quarterback. I'm not just an NFL quarterback. I'm, I'm the Patriots quarterback. I've built something here over four years. I think that would be a shrewd thing for the Patriots to do, give him ownership. Now, last time we talked to you, it was optional workouts. So Isaiah Wynn wasn't there and Matt Judon and Nikhil Harry and, and others. What about today? What kind of absences were we looking at? Wynn is here um, just in this very short dry period before they even done conditioning. Um, Wynn actually was on the right side and Yodnik just was on the left side and Trent Brown was absent. Bill said that every absence that we see, um, their players have been communicated with, so he said there's no unexcused absences when I asked him about that. So um, garbage truck coming by, you're going to hear. All right. Um, but so no Brown right now. I, I don't have eyes on Nikhil Harry at the moment, and I went outside the fence because they don't want me inside the fence. Um, but I didn't, you know, we just got out here, so I haven't specifically, I can't mark him as absent. Tom, Check your Twitter feeds. I'll take a peek. What do you think is the uh, yeah. the, the future, though, of Isaiah Wynn? It sounds like, would it be on the right side this year? And then, you know, barring an unbelievable year, is this is this probably it for him in a Patriots uniform? Well, I mean, what's $15 million is the straight middle of the road. That's what the 16th highest paid left tackle in the NFL makes. So he's entering the final year of his deal. He's making $10 million this year. If he wants to be paid like an average left tackle at his age as a former first-round pick, you'd have to be talking four and 60. Has he played like a player who should command that kind of money, whether in durability or performance? Sometimes, but there's too many snapshots. So the Patriots didn't do a lot of planning for the future as to who their next left tackle will be. So I would say he has to, he's in kind of a prove-it year, which he probably doesn't love. And if he proves it, then the onus might be on him to go out and and look elsewhere and the Patriots try and match. But I think it's very much a TBD situation with Wynn because I don't know how much how much space would you put in him? Not much. I mean, the yeah. number of games he's played, it's, yeah. it's not the talent. It's there. And I'm so surprised because he's not uh, it's not somebody who's not very swift on the uptake. He's an intelligent guy. So mm-hmm. the lapses last year were so mystifying to me. Yeah, I thought he stood out at times as their worst lineman, and then the whole factor of like what's his availability? Like he's just he's missed an incredible amount of games. I wouldn't want to commit a lot of money to him. Right, and fifteen million or sixty million—that's that's a ton. Yeah, no, it is. And if uh, if they kicked him inside the guard, then maybe some of those numbers could be reworked, a little more palatable. But it doesn't look like that is uh, is going to happen. Tommy Curd of NBC Sports Boston, regression key from OTAs on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, I think it was Adrian Phillips who kind of vaguely referenced positionless defense. That sounds like closer by committee. Uh, what did what did you make of some of what Phillips has said about this defense, considering there are 
three safeties in Duggar, Phillips, and, you know, conceivably Jabril Peppers, who may end up in some ways being used like linebackers. Was that a big deal to you or not? It was just articulating kind of the concept of what they're trying to do. And it was Jonathan Jones who tweeted that out, I think. But I think Phillips might have also been asked about it. When you look at the Patriots defensively, they are, and I wrote about this yesterday, they're morphing. There's a time for them to zig while the other teams are zagging, and then there's a time where they need to keep up with the Joneses to remain competitive. And I think defensively, you know, they realized that they were a little slow, but they loved their institutional knowledge and their big linebackers. And then this year they've said, you know what, okay, it's not working. Those guys are older. Let's move on from Van Noy, even though he was productive. Let's move on from Collins. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Hightower. I would, I have no idea if he's going to come back or not. Some people have reported that he would, the Patriots would, would happily welcome him back, but I just don't know what the role for a 255 or 260-pound linebacker is right now on their team. They want to get smaller. They want to get faster. They want those pieces to be interchangeable. Sub-defense, as we know, has been 50 to 60% of their defensive scheme over the past few years anyway. You know, Vince Wilfork, as brilliant as he was, I don't know if he would play 80% of the snaps as he did in 2012. He'd probably be a 50% of the snaps kind of guy. So they're morphing their defense. Can't say it's a year too late, even though they didn't show up well against some of the faster teams in the league, but they're, they're morphing their defense. And, and part of it will be we're just playing matchup, like an amoeba zone, you know, mm-hmm. in basketball. Matchup, matchup, matchup. Take a look at Tampa real quick, Tom. Is uh, Rob Gronkowski still not signed? How, any chance you think he doesn't play this year? Because I think a lot of people just assume, like, all right, maybe he's going to try to miss camp and maybe he's going to try to be over. But, but Brady's back, so he's going to be back. And he had, a, you know, a, a solid season last year. But what do you think's going on with Gronk? I think Gronk will, will come back and play again. I mean, at this point, I don't think it's out of his system. And he seems to... I mean, enjoy it in a way that he wasn't in his final years here in New England. Uh, I would imagine that he is probably doing exactly what, you know, you talked about, you know, probably sometime toward the end of June, maybe early July, you'll see that, that he is thinking about coming into camp and at some point he'll do that. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not Todd Bowles thinks that's an awesome idea in his first year as head coach, or I mean, probably can all conclude right now that if Tom likes it, we like it. <laughs> Yep. Tommy, enjoy the time down there. We will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, friend. We will keep you posted. Thanks, man. There we go. There goes uh, Tommy Kern with us on the Harbor One Hotline.